You're listening to Doctrine and Duty, podcast of Brian Ray, Senior Pastor of Alexander Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia, where biblical theology meets everyday Christian life. Good day to you, fellow laborers of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is great to be back with you. I want to welcome you to another edition, episode of Doctrine and Duty, where our head and our heart collide on a glorious crash course, where we are filling our hearts and minds with the Word of God so that we might be a people who know how to live out the Word of God. And so we praise Him for His goodness toward us, that He would teach us all things in Christ as we're led by the Holy Spirit and look to the Word of God, and that He would also come alongside us, teaching us how it is that we might live this life. Because I'm going to tell you, folks, in the year 2021, uh, our world, even our churches, are filled with the love of self. And so in the midst of all of this, we must fill our heads and hearts with the Word of God, and then how that Word of God is to apply in our lives. Therefore, we have the podcast ministry of Alexander Baptist Church and Dr. Brian J. Ray called Doctrine and Duty. Now, today I'm going to direct your attention to the book of Acts. Uh, last week I read to you about the Lord Jesus Christ uh, identifying with humanity with uh, and um as in obedience to the to the will of the Father, and then we have the affirmation of the Father uh, through Christ's baptism that He came up out of the water in Ch- Acts chapter eight. And I'm gonna make my way there now. I have a I'm using a new Bible, and it's uh, the, pa- the pages are all kind of stuck together just a touch. Acts chapter eight. Beginning verse 26, we have the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. It's a very interesting story. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And so Philip, he arose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship. Hmm, interesting. And he was returning, seating in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the Spirit said to Philip, Go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this, Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shear is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? for his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask, does the prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth. Listen to this. And beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. A way cool story of what appears to be a very secular man. He is an Ethiopian, he is a eunuch, he is a court official of Candace, and he is the treasurer 
of the queen of the Ethiopians, Candace. But the Bible says he had come to Jerusalem to worship. So we're not sure uh, at what point this this Ethiopian eunuch gets saved. He was either saved and then um, that made him go worship, or during the worship he came to know Christ, or when uh, Philip teaches him all things about Christ and shares the good news with him, uh, he gets saved then. Uh, either way, he is obviously a convert of the Lord Jesus Christ because when they come to water, he mentions baptism, and Philip is delighted to baptize him. Philip, being a good theologian, a good servant of Christ, would not have baptized a lost person. So at some point in time in the Ethiopian eunuch's life, he came to know Christ. And 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 Philip explains the gospel, but he obviously explains much more than the gospel. Evidently, he shared with this Ethiopian eunuch something of the life of Christ, possibly even the baptism of Christ or the command of Christ to be baptized, because the Ethiopian eunuch was concerned about baptism, so much so that all it took was for him to see some water. And he says, hey, here's some water. Why can't I get baptized? What's preventing me from being baptized? And Philip doesn't say, well, we need to have a church meeting first and find out you know, all about you or whatever. No, he doesn't do that. He doesn't argue with the man. He doesn't put the man off, but he says, you know, basically, okay. And they stopped, and they went down into the water, and the Bible says he baptized him, and they came up out of the water. So, baptism, as we learned already, is commanded by Christ, initiated by Christ. We have the example of Christ. When does baptism occur? It occurs after conversion, which means we believe in believer's baptism. Now, we believe that baptism is a church issue, a church ordinance. It's a church, a family issue. So, for someone who is not a believer, who becomes a believer, then baptism is the way into the local church. Um, otherwise, you've already been saved, you've already been baptized, and you declare, hey, I am wanting to align myself with the theological persuasions of the church, and I want to join this church family as a full-fledged member. But if someone has never been baptized, that first act of obedience as a believer, then they need to experience that. And that is their uh, mode or their, their entrance, if you would, into the church family as far as membership goes. Now, I mentioned the obedience. As the Lord Jesus was obedient to submit to baptism, we as the people of God certainly should submit to baptism as an act of obedience. Also, we understand that Jesus has commanded us to go and make disciples of all the nations, teaching them and baptizing them. And so it doesn't make sense for us to tell people how to be saved, get them saved, and then not also teach them about baptism or, or not try to baptize them or get them to um, submit to baptism. So it is an obedience issue, and that means it is believer's baptism. It's an obedience issue. And we as the people of God should um, should model that, and we should also teach and expect that. Now, the final thing, well, uh, I always hate saying the final thing because I might think of something else to say, but possibly, quite possibly, mostly certain, is the last thing I want to talk to you about, and that is the mode. I hinted at, that, at this um, just a little bit ago uh, in the previous episode, so last week, I hinted to you about the mode, and I talked to you about believer's baptism as opposed to sprinkling, pouring, dipping, squirting, etc. So, the mode is important. And, and for those of you who aren't Baptists, you're thinking, I knew that Baptist, he was going to talk about tithing or baptism, immersion, one of, the, one of the two. Well, 
you, you know, one thing about doctrine and duty is we affirm the the inerrancy of Scripture and the sufficiency of Scripture and the inspiration of Scripture and the infallibility of Scripture. So we want the Scripture to inform us on this doctrine. You don't need my opinion. You need what does God's Word say. And so I really want you to understand the heart of God and the mind of God with baptism. And hopefully you'll you'll embrace this as a biblical issue, not as a, a controversial issue, not as a my religion or my denomination versus yours, and oh, Baptist this, Baptist that, or no, no, no. The mode is very important. And it's not I don't say that because I'm Baptist, because I'm a Christian first. Now I'm a I'm a, a Bible believer before I'm a Baptist. If Baptists ever come up with some kind of weird doctrine, then I won't be Baptist anymore. But until then, they seem to be closest to the Word of God, and so I resonate with and I am a Baptist. But the mode is important. It's important for lots of reasons. First of all, let's just go to the Greek. The Greek word is baptizo. It's a really close word to the word baptism, baptistry, baptized. It's baptizo. Now, what's interesting about the word baptizo is that's the word that's used for baptism in the New Testament. Uh, that's I'm pretty sure it's the only word in the Greek that's used for baptism in the New Testament. And the word literally means to immerse, submerge, dunk, or plunge, whichever way you want to call it. So, so there's never a verse in the New Testament that says that there's a different word for baptize that means sprinkle. There's just not. It's it, it's baptizo, and it's always immerse, submerge, plunge, or dunk. Now, if you don't want to be a Dunkin' Pumpkin, that's your fault. Uh, that's your that's your right, or that's your reasoning. But the scripture is clear that to be baptized as a believer, you must go down in the water and come back up out of the water again. And I believe the scripture teaches us from Matthew twenty eight eighteen through twenty to do so in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and that it is an obedience to the command of Christ issue. So that's that's my take on that, but it is a biblical take. So if you want to follow the Word of God, and it's my prayer that you will desire to follow the Word of God and not the Word or will of man. The Word of God has to trump everything. The mode is extremely important, and just very practically and very on the simplest level, the word means plunge. It means dunk. It means immerse. It means submerge. Now, when you go to the passage in Corinthians where it talks about um, Christ, um, his death and resurrection being um, symbolic of uh, baptism and things such as that, it's a powerful, powerful analogy that the church really needs to uh, really needs to embrace, right? Because it's a picture of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Well, if if you're sprinkled or poured or whatever, other than immersion, you do not get the picture of down in the water, buried with Christ, and up out of the water, raised to walk in His likeness, or raised to walk in the resurrection. Um, you, you don't get that. And so the mode is extremely important, because quite literally, that is the only way to be baptized. I'm not trying to be offensive to any of my brothers and sisters in Christ from other denominations. I just want us all to to do what the Bible says and that is to be baptized after conversion by immersion in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uniting with that local church, and then continuing to obey the Lord throughout the rest of our lives. So the mode is important. So we've covered baptism twice. We've covered Lord's Supper twice. We've covered the doctrine. We've covered the duty. Let me encourage you, if you've never been baptized but you are a believer, please follow the Lord in believer's baptism. If you've never been converted, if you've never 
trusted Christ. It is my prayer that you will trust Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, and you will long to be baptized shortly thereafter. Listen, I love you. It is great to be with you again. I look forward to being with you on the next episode. And until that time, practice obeying the Word of God, doctrine and duty. Join us here uh, in person or online, Alexander Baptist Church, abch.org. We are here for His gospel and His glory. Love you. Take care. You've been listening to Doctrine and Duty, a podcast of Alexander Baptist Church, located at 4316 Pamela Court, Chesapeake, Virginia. Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. and find us online at abch.org.